for Tuesday, January 19th, 2021. This is, did you wash your hands? Or a podcast from WABE, answering the questions everyone's asking during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm health reporter, Sam Whitehead. Today, Georgia's local public health offices have been overwhelmed by calls from people looking to get vaccinated against COVID-19. Our demand is very high and, you know, our supply of vaccine is low and we're asking patients just to be patient. Dr. Audrey Arona, who leads the public health district that serves Gwinnett, Newton and Rockdale counties, joins me to discuss how her offices have been handling the vaccine rollout. That's next. You love free. And at Ameris Bank, so do we. That's why we're proud to offer worry-free, hassle-free Ameris Bank free checking. Manage your money your way with convenient access to digital, mobile, and telephone banking, all with no monthly service fee or minimum balance requirements. At Ameris Bank, we're with you. For more information or to open an account, visit our local bankers in person or online at amerisbank.com slash free checking. Other fees such as overdraft fees may apply. Ameris Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Support for WABE's local coverage on maternal health and mortality comes from Georgia Health Initiative, whose mission is to inspire and promote collective action that advances health equity for all Georgians. Learn more at georgiahealthinitiative.org. Last week, Georgia expanded the first group of people who qualified for COVID-19 vaccines, and local public health offices were slammed with requests for appointments. That was the situation in Metro Atlanta for the health district that serves Gwinnett, Newton, and Rockdale counties. Dr. Audrey Arona leads that district and joins me now for more on how the rollout is going. Dr. Arona, thanks for talking with me. Always. Thank you. I imagine the last week has been pretty crazy for you, pretty busy now that the state has expanded the first phase of people who qualify for COVID-19 vaccination. We've seen health departments seeing pretty crazy high demand. I imagine that's been the case for for your uh, department as well. Yes, our health department has um, been overwhelmed, like all the other health departments in the state, with uh, the demand for the vaccine. We actually were vaccinating 65 and older a week even before January 11, when the governor had announced that. And so we've been vaccinating that group for, you know, a little bit longer than the other health departments. But yes, our demand is very high and, you know, our supply of vaccine is low And we're asking patients just to be patient as we roll this out and try to get the vaccine to as many people as we can. I want to dig a little bit into the numbers if we can. As best as you're able, break down for me, how many doses are y'all receiving a week? How many appointments are you booking a week? And how many doses are you actually administering in that time period too? Well, our vaccine allotment that we receive every week varies we were planning some mass metro mass vaccination events and so we requested and received some additional doses uh let's see a couple weeks ago and so we essentially open appointments for the amount of vaccine that we get every single week and everyone needs to keep in mind sam that 
we have not had the vaccine for that long a period of time. We've, we did over 10,000 uh, vaccinations in three weeks. The governor has said multiple times that there are about 80,000 doses that aren't currently allocated to long-term care facilities and staff that would trickle down to a public health department like yours. I mean, of that 80,000, can, can you share with us how many of those doses you're actually getting? Well, again, the amount that we get every week varies. Last week, we received, I think, just 1,200 doses. And then the week before, of course, we received a few more, a 1,000 doses. So it varies every week. We place weekly orders, and we only receive a fraction of what we order each week. And that's because everyone across the state is requesting doses and the state has to, the state office has to prioritize, you know, who to give those, you know, vaccine doses to. And it's challenging. Are y'all holding back second doses? We had an announcement from federal officials last week that they plan to release all of their vaccine supply for first doses with the expectation that second doses would be coming. How is your department handling that? Well, the district offices were asked not to withhold second doses at the very beginning when we started to receive our allotments. And so we have not done that. What we have done recently is we are making appointments for um, the second doses for patients as we administer their first doses. And so what we plan to do in the future is based on the amount of vaccine that we receive, we, of course, uh, have to honor those second doses first, and then we'll fill in first doses with the amount of vaccine that we have. How optimistic are you that these second doses will be coming? Do you have confidence that you will get those second doses? I do, and um, I'm always the eternal optimist. You know, remember, this is we have a limited supply of this, but we don't have a shortage. So once more and more the vaccine is made, it will be distributed. And, and we feel confident that especially with Georgia numbers as high as we are, that we will be um, looked upon as a state that needs this vaccine. And so I, I feel certain that we'll get the vaccine eventually. And keep in mind, too, that the more providers that enroll to receive the vaccine and actually administer the vaccine to our public will help us get this vaccine out quicker. This is really the critical uh, move to increase the amount of vaccine that we receive within our communities because the health department can't do it all by ourselves. And uh, we do a, a large share of vaccinations, but as more pharmacies, as more chain pharmacies, local pharmacies, local providers, urgent care clinics, those as they receive their vaccine, there will be more opportunities for our community to receive the vaccine in other places. You mentioned a moment ago that your last allotment was something like 1,200 doses. This is for Gwinnett County alone, which has close to a million people, but you're also serving Newton and Rockdale. How in touch are you with big local health systems, with these providers, with pharmacies, with other people offering the vaccine? Because, you know, it seems like there's a little bit of a patchwork approach. Some people are getting them through doctors. Some people are getting them through public health. So describe that relationship to me, if you could. Well, the state office is very um, transparent in terms of who in our community is receiving vaccine. We, we have our finger on that pulse, so we know. In fact, the state had contracted independently with the chain pharmacies uh, to receive vaccine in Kroger, Publix, Ingalls, 
all received some vaccine last week. And so that was that was helpful. I'm in touch with the hospitals uh, very much so, not just about who they're vaccinating, but also, um, you know, the overcrowding status of, of their hospitals and what they need. And so, um, but the medical providers too, we're doing our best to vaccinate as, as many frontline healthcare workers as we can so that they then can give, you know, vaccine doses to the public. And I know the state office is prioritizing who receives the vaccine because if only if providers only provide it to their patients, uh, they will not be prioritized. So again, the push is to get this out to the general public as fast as we can. And um, I think with some time, we're going to be able to do that better and better each week. So it looks like the state has kind of taken this multi-pronged approach. If, say, you're a resident of Gwinnett County looking for a vaccine, you can turn to a few different places. I also wonder if the flip side of that makes it feel like there is not a centralized repository for information or a source for for getting a vaccine. So what do you make of, of what that actual approach means for the individual who potentially has to call their doctor, call their pharmacy, call your office looking for a dose? Right. That's challenging right now just because as more and more appointments open, we also, you know, fill up very fast. And I know what Vaccine Publix and Kroger got last week, those appointments filled up very, very fast. Um, Keep in mind that, you know, we have a website that I would direct anyone to that lives in our district or outside of our district, and it's gnrhealth.com. There are links available on that website to a vaccine finder that the Department of Public Health uh, puts out and updates every single week as to where vaccine is available in our communities. There's information about all the phases on our website. So if someone's not sure where they fall in terms of, of the current phases, they can look there. We have um, a lot of links to CDC documents, essentially anything that someone is looking for, they could find it if they're uh, directed to our website. This is, did you wash your hands? I'm Sam Whitehead talking today with Dr. Audrey Arona. She runs the health district that covers Gwinnett, Newton, and Rockdale counties. We're talking about how the vaccine rollout is going there. Have you been serving patients who live outside your district? And and what kind of verification happens to make sure someone potentially actually lives in in, in your health district before they get vaccinated? Well, the state has directed the state districts, you know, the districts like mine, not to just uh, limit our vaccine uh, supply to our own residents within our counties. So we honor appointments made by anyone that can get you know, an appointment with our system, they have to fall within phase 1A. That's easy right now because we can verify somebody's age. We can verify if they're a first responder or a police, fire, EMS, that type of thing. So that's easy right now as the phases roll out, um, that proof of fitting within phases will will be a little bit more difficult. But right now we can do that. Um, we do limit it to um, state of Georgia residents. We will not serve outside of the state of Georgia. But again, for our district, people don't have to live or work in our county to receive vaccination. I would imagine that would strike some listeners as I don't know if unfair is the right word, but that would maybe be surprising for people to hear that, say, if you live in Gwinnett County, that someone from Hall or Forsyth could come in and take a dose that you might think is meant for you. How large of a percentage of people outside of your district are you vaccinating? 
Well, our district received vaccine before a lot of other districts received it early in December or mid-December when we first received it. And so, you know, before we knew it, we really had 75% of people registering for appointments that were outside of our county. And that's what brought the whole issue up to the state. But again, I think... um, it's fairer really to have access to the vaccine across the state because if you live in a very small county and your health district uh, receives a very small portion of vaccine, you know, they'll fill up very, very fast and yet the metro counties um, might have a little bit more availability. And now we're kind of sitting where the outlying counties that are smaller can actually help the metro districts. So we're kind of helping each other. And I think it's a better approach than to try to limit it uh, within the um, jurisdictions. There seems to be this tension that exists anywhere that vaccine supply is available of not wanting that supply to sit on shelves. It's, It's maybe more useful, more effective more helpful for all of us to have someone who, say, lives outside a district get a vaccine than to have that vaccine go bad. Right. And I would say, you know, I don't believe that anybody's really holding back the vaccine. It can appear that way based on the reporting of the actual vaccines given. It takes a minute to register to data log on the vaccine that you give someone into the GRIT system. And, you know, pediatricians are well aware of how to do this and have had that into their whole service system for a long, long time because they give vaccines to children and enter those into GRIT system all the time. But this is something new for other medical providers and hospitals that give out this vaccine and then have to realize they they actually have to go to the state website and enter these in. So with services that are challenged by staffing and that type of thing, I know there's a lot of data entry positions available um, for local providers and hospitals too in order to enter that. So keep in mind that the initial reporting of how little vaccine was getting to the arms of people uh, was because of that delay in logging on to GRIT system to report it. And now that people are are doing that a little bit better, we're actually starting to see the accurate numbers. So I really don't think there's any uh, vaccine being withheld at this point. And just to clarify, GRITS, this is the state's uh, kind of vaccine registry. Every time a provider gives a vaccine, they're supposed to enter that information there. And, you know, I want to ask, you mentioned as we started just how busy y'all have been. How has the demand for vaccine and the kind of work that's required you to do to roll this out affected your ability to really impact other parts of the pandemic? I'm wondering about testing and contact tracing. Now that there's so much demand for, for vaccine, does that diminish your ability to do this other kind of prevention work? Right. Well, testing, fortunately, is widely available and a lot more widely available in our communities. And so as we focus more and more of our attention toward vaccine from the public health department standpoint, we can lessen some of the focus on testing. We still do testing for symptomatic individuals and for people trying to get off of quarantine by testing on day six after a contact. And so um, we're trying to implement more of that type of strategy to help our uh, community instead of just the, oh, if you want to test, you can come here to get it. There are several, several places within our community now to get testing. And again, our website will help you find those locations. 
Um, the other thing is, is with our rising numbers and the limited staff that we have on epidemiology department here, contact tracing and case investigations have to be more prioritized because we're seeing upwards of 800 cases per day on new in just um, Gwinnett County alone. And so it's impossible, you know, to contact every single one of those cases, do a full case investigation, and then reach out to contacts as well. So that's having to be prioritized some until our numbers decrease. And we're asking the public to help us with this because we really need people to follow the measures that we know work, social distancing, washing your hands and wearing a mask. And it's essentially a plea right now with as overcrowded as our hospitals are, and, you know, these rising, rising cases, which are five times um, the rate of cases that we're seeing from early November. And so with that in mind, you know, it, while we're trying to increase vaccination across the state, which will take some months to do, we really have to stop these cases from rising. And we need everyone's individual efforts to help us with that. The governor last week um, said that he himself was frustrated with how the vaccine rollout uh, had gone. He had heard from people who were frustrated uh, about how the rollout was going. Do you agree with that assessment and what could be going better here? I think um, the lack of reporting and the way that um, it it appeared that the vaccines were not getting out into people was more frustrating uh, than the actual process itself. Um, people need to understand that this is a very, very complex vaccine to give. It is a very sensitive vaccine. You have to handle it very carefully. Temperature regimens are extremely strict. And, you know, in light of all these COVID cases, we have to social distance. And every single person who receives a vaccine has to be observed for 15 to 30 minutes and sometimes upward from that. And so it's not just a mass vaccination where, you know, people can just drive by, get a vaccine and then go. This is very challenging. And I think the um, the governor understands that. And, you know, the more that people really understand the process that it takes to do this, uh, I think they respect it a lot when they see it. The challenging part for people is to get an appointment. But once they get an appointment, especially with us, I, I think that they'll be very pleased with the process, the seamless operation that we have in place uh, to put people through safely. And um, we've we've gotten nothing but praise about our our system once people get here. I think everyone wants to know Dr. Arona, what are your tips for actually getting an appointment? Someone who's just really itching to get a vaccine, what kind of tips would you give them? What advice would you give them uh, about how to actually go about booking one? Well, I know it's extremely frustrating and feel like, you know, people feel like they've got to be on our website constantly and they miss the opportunity uh, by not being there at the right time. And we really don't want our community to be frustrated. So what we decided we're going to try to do is on our website and uh, just kind of communicate better with the public and just say, okay, we're anticipating we're going to open uh, appointments on Wednesday this week or Thursday this week, or we're going to try to give a little bit more direction to people so that they don't feel like they have to be, you know, on the website 24-7 to get an appointment. We do not open appointments on the weekends, and we do open up the appointments during um, our business hours, which are, you know, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. a lot of days. But 
Um, so we're going to try to help people with that message just to kind of direct them as to when we should have um, appointments open. But what I would really recommend to people is right now we're stuck with a, a website scheduling uh, issue. We hope with time that with and decreasing demand for the vaccine that we'll actually be able to open up a call center for people who have a hard time using the computer to register, that type of thing. We're, we're looking at some senior centers to help us schedule people. And then also, as there's more vaccine available in the community, there'll be other places to get that. And so we're, we're going to try to help people with that too. But for now, what I would do is just try to ask everyone for patience keep in tune with our website and we'll let you know when we're going to try to open appointments so that you can grab one if you can be online at that time. And if you don't get one this week, please know that there are more places, more and more places every week being added to the vaccine finder for the state. And uh, we will get everyone vaccinated hopefully soon. Um, And hopefully our vaccine will increase and we can open up even further appointments. Dr. Audrey Arona runs the health district that covers Gwinnett, Newton, and Rockdale counties. Did You Wash Your Hands? is a production of 90.1 WABE Atlanta, where ATL meets NPR. WABE's managing editor is Alex Helmick. Scott Wolfel is chief content officer. You can reach us at washyourhands at wabe.org. You can find all our episodes in your favorite podcast app. That's also where you can leave us a rating and a review. That really helps other people find the show. And you can find more stories on the coronavirus pandemic at wabe.org coronavirus. If you haven't recently, now might be a good time to go wash your hands. I'm Sam Whitehead. Thanks for listening. Have you donated to WABE yet? I know you've heard us talking about why it's important, but it doesn't have to be this big decision. You can give at whatever amount fits your budget. It can be a spur-of-the-moment thing. You already get so much out of public radio, so just go for it. Visit wabe.org donate and become a member right now. And thank you.